Welcome back to Ten in the Chamber, a Studio Trigger retrospective podcast. We're here with the start of another recording session here. And my name is City, and with me once again is... Marshmallow Goop. And we have somebody new joining us here today. Would you please introduce yourself? Hello, I am uh, Ref. I also go by Void Dulaon uh, on many uh, social medias. I should have been here for the first episode of Kill a Kill, but whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fine. Life happens, so it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, but we're but we're glad that you're finally here with us. Yeah, so, I'm here yeah. with the the pigs. No, it's, it's clothes on. Uh, no, it's pigs in human clothing. I forget the fucking. Yes, is is that what you're trying to assign us? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. You beauty one stars, I am a three star. Damn, you out here still wearing three stars, wearing a Kamui? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. And we are here to talk about episode 11 of Kill la Kill. And already at the start of this, I'm like, oh, shit. Guess who's already here? It's my love. It's that bitch. I love her. Uh, <laughs> honestly, um... The title was a little confusing for me because I, I remember like the the progression right and, and I rewatched the with the title and I was like I'm not your cute woman like she's cute she is, <laughs> is she not my cute woman I wish she was I, I yeah you would like that wouldn't you <laughs> um, listen her theme is good it's very good it's just very ominous and intimidating but just has all those little like kind of cute pieces thrown in it's playful and terrifying yeah so this episode introduces us to uh harime nui who later on in the episode will uh you know she, she's very very important and they kind of make that a little more evident because when she uh first appears and is walking through town she's taking the exact same route that ryuko is taking in episode one and with mm -hmm. all the same camera angles and everything which already just really sets up a really good contrast with ryuko yeah they're, 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 it puts up the idea that there's some sort of parallel between those two. For the most part, this episode is taken up by the continuation of the fight that we left off in the last episode with uh, Nonon and Ryuko, which Ryuko now with uh, using her new Senketsu Shippu to basically fly around and have a big air battle with uh, with Nonon, and which is kind of a really cool way to make the fight feel very different from the previous fights we've had so far. Uh, yeah, because I wasn't here for the first episode, I did want to mention one uh, thing uh, while mm. rewatching um, the series. I, I put it on the side and while I was playing games, right? My hot take, I don't care for the opening and ending songs. They're weak. Mm, <laughs> By <okay. f> to me, <laughs> it, it's, it's good for like the first time, like the first one, uh, like two times you listen to it but as the series progresses it doesn't feel like it fits it's one of those things where it's like it sounds like it's a quirky high school thing which i mean it technically is but i'm thinking like um slice of life opening seems very up like very like upbeat for like a for like a high school, for like a slice of life, and that's kind of what the vibe you're getting. I I enjoy slice of life, and it's kind of like the, the the really like cute like, oh you know things are gonna be great, and it's like uh, put more action to it because like if you compare to the rest of the music of like the show, it, mm -hmm. it has a lot more of an aggressive tone, save for like a few <laughs> moments. But like even uh, Nui's theme is aggressive in its playfulness. Uh, I, I love her too much. Um, but the <laughs> opening felt like eventually just felt weak 
compared to the other pieces in the show. Mm -hmm. And I found myself skipping it a lot. Just just like, eh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's very different because in the last episode, you were talking a bit about, uh, or at least I was talking a lot about uh, the soundtrack and, and the composer has a very just a very distinct method to the way he does his music and the way it sounds. Yeah, I just don't think that the opening and ending credits were made by the same person. I could be wrong, though. They're not. They're not. They're not, yeah. So, like, yeah. The, the the thematics of, like, the original soundtrack and the opening and closing do not match. Mm-hmm. Getting back onto uh, to the episode. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Um, uh, the fight between Yuko and Nonon keeps building up to where eventually Nonon has another form, which uh, is summoned by the power of the audience calling for an encore, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Again, like just really leaning into a lot of like a lot of the tropes of, of like music with Nonon and uh, me mentioning in the last episode how much of a band geek I was because I was in band in high school when I was first watching the show. You know, Nonon was was a favorite of mine for for a while. <laughs> so no, it's no. just kind of so I kind of have I have a little bit of that bias, um, and also there's a lot of a lot of very cute moments with Mako sitting with uh, Inamuta and Gamagori <laughs> throughout the fight. I love it. I love it so much. I I just like the the progression of like Mako kind of like being bullied between them, and then eventually just kind of interacting with uh, the two of them like naturally, uh, standing on like Gamagori's shoulders and just kind of like bouncing off of him and even uh i forget his name all the time the glasses uh, nerd um, uh, Inu- inamuta who like even inamuta like still explains things to her when you know he really doesn't have to um, mm-hmm. um i just really love um mako just kind of in a way like in, in a way that like her interacting with the elite four is just it feels like a very underrated moment in my opinion yeah. Just one that a lot of people don't really kind of look at a lot, you know, aside from her, her interactions with Kamigori, which, you know, of course, kind of stand out amongst all the other interactions she has. She feels natural with the, the Elite Four mm-hmm. in, in these moments. Like, it, she, it, she doesn't seem like a sore thumb amongst them because they're all weird. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah. It it starts in the episode that Mako is just on Gama's shoulders. We don't see how she got there. But I really like that part because it shows that she's super comfortable with him. She's she just she just gets up on his shoulders and it acts like it's no big deal. But Yura doesn't like that and he tells her to get off. And I really like that too, because it shows that he has self respect for himself and he won't let Mako just like climb all over him when he doesn't <laughs> like it. So I, I really like that he tells her, like, hey, that's not cool, because sorry, to get a little controversial, that's kind of something I don't like about Ryuko and Mako's relationship, that she, like, touches Ryuko's boobs or makes her uncomfortable in certain ways, and Ryuko mm-hmm. doesn't really tell her no. So I like that Ira does tell her no and, like, has enough respect for himself and for her to know, like, hey, this isn't cool, and I respect you and myself enough to tell you that. So I really like that. And I, I just really like their interactions too, just with the Elite Four, like you you were all saying. It's it's, it's cute. <laughs> like they're on different <laughs> sides, but they're just getting along. So yeah. it's it's fun. Um and then back to the fight where uh, we have Nonon basically blasting a big uh, like music cannon laser into towards Ryuko and uh, to the point where she can not she has a hard time hearing Senketsu. And the way that they decided to counter this is very interesting in the way they're doing it 
well, the thing is, this this whole scene is actually a reference or an homage to a scene in a film called uh, The Dagger of Kamui or Kamui no Ken. The Kamui in that movie are actually um, the Ainu deities or gods, but it is kind of related to the Kamui and Kill a Kill because it's a made up word, the word Kamui and Kill a Kill. It combines the kanji for god, kami, and clothing. So they're like god clothes. Um, you might have seen like fan subs going around that translated the Kamui as god robes or divinity cloth or something like that so mm-hmm. they're kind of connected but kind of different <laughs> but the the move that ryuko uses is senket's mugoshi which is exactly what the character in kanwi no ken uses it's called uh kanwi mugoshi <laughs> i can't say kanwi mugoshi <laughs> so it's the same thing it's probably just a fun homage and nothing else, but I like to I like to look too deeply into things and overanalyze. <laughs> so, so to overanalyze, when the main character of Kamui no Ken or the Dagger of Kamui uses his Kamui Nubyoshi move, he's like connecting with the spirits, and it gives him a sense of clarity. But Ryuko, she's not connecting with the spirit when she does Senka's Nubyoshi. She's connecting with you know a person, and with Senkatsu. Yeah, and he's not a god, and he's not this um, otherworldly uh, deity. He's he's a he's a person, and so I don't know. I just think that's interesting to think about. Probably doesn't mean anything. But, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I think it's relevant. I, I like it. Kind of calls back to episode three a bit. I think because in episode three, Ryuko, uh, Mako says to Ryuko, "You need to get naked." And it, when Ryuko's kept connecting with Senkets in this episode, it, she's literally shown as naked. And yeah, maybe it's just fan service. I mean, probably it's just fan service. <laughs> but but I like to think of it as like she's really being so open with him and really connecting her heart with him and sharing her sound with him as Senkets describes it. And I think that's just a, I don't know, I, I just think it's really sweet and a, <laughs> a neat connection. Like she is being utterly open with him in that moment and she's connecting with him and that's what gives them power it's not just like this outside force like in Kamui no Ken where there's just like these outside deities that give clarity to the protagonist right. here Jiro yeah. it's, here it's that she's connecting with someone that's what gives her power I don't yeah, know I think that's she's sweet. letting her soul be bare to the world well, mostly just mm-hmm. like that's <laughs> yeah her naked soul I, I really love during this scene of um, how uh, we have, uh, once again, the song Sambika playing as as the scene's happening, mm-hmm. but also uh, Nonon playing Beethoven's Fate through her speakers, and we hear the dueling like music just trying to keep pushing back and forth, and that's, mm-hmm. that's just a really cool detail that I really like, and just it, it brings you in a bit more as you're watching the fight, as, as if this is kind of what I think like everyone in the audience is hearing when they're watching mm-hmm. this like live. Uh, and so Nonon is defeated and Ryuko now only has one more Elite Four member and she's about to have her th- her second rematch with uh, Uzu. But of course, here to crash the party is Nui. Love her. Who just basically comes in and I feel bad for Uzu so much the more I see him <laughs> in these episodes because he just gets... The shit beat out of him a lot of the time. He's but it's funny. It is, yeah. It is a bit funny the way they do it. Um, 
basically <laughs> she pulls on what uh, what they reveal as a, as a banshee which i i kind of see it as kind of like the heart of like the goku uniforms or the kanmui life fibers so basically it's the string of fate quotes mako <laughs> yeah yep. mako yes which mako interprets it as which you know makes a lot of sense you know yeah <laughs> um, um also uh just just a quick sidetrack because uh uh, as I'm like skimming through the the, the episode, the bounce off of your um, Gamagori asks uh, her to like get off his shoulders. Um, she does end up back on his shoulders, but he <laughs> seems more comfortable with it. Yeah. Like she had a- yeah. in my mind, she probably asked permission at this mm-hmm. point because she's even leaning over um, the I I will forever forget his name his the nerd. Um, <laughs> I know, and they're and they're and they're having I have his name right here Inumuda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're like having a conversation talking about the the, the sound stuff and uh there there's a there's a cute moment that I, I feel we need to touch on where uh you know mm-hmm. because Mako's giving her own interpretation of everything and there's the joke of like that's wrong but like the whole like oh yeah so essentially she's being really cool and like using her awesomeness to deflect me and whatever right <laughs> um, yeah. and you know Gamagori is like you know much like Matoi uh, Maku is doing the same thing with you, Inamuda, and Inamuda was like, "What?" <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, because you basically yeah. said like, like she took like your your over explanation and broke it down to its like core, like you know yeah. thing. <laughs> so it's I I really yeah. like that too. I really yeah. like how like, he really respects her and really values her perspective, which I think is great. I think. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. <laughs> N- yeah. nothing more to say it's just good <laughs> it, it feels like a natural buildup of these two's like kind of respect for well Mako's just respecting everyone let's be real she's <laughs> queen but um you know but like she still kind of like respects his boundaries doesn't stand on his shoulders she's more like on his shoulders and Gamagori's like no, she has a point. <laughs> she is. She does. It's you know, it, it means a lot that like he gives her kind of that validity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like she's dismissed a lot. So I really like how Gamagori doesn't dismiss her. He's like, yeah, you got a good point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I, I really like that. He tries to understand her, and I feel like that's also telling of his character because he's in mm-hmm. charge of like rules and stuff like that, right? So he 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 kind of needs to understand like situations. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Grabs Mike. He's a softie, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so weird because Gamagori is like he comes off as really sweet, but at the same time he's like so awful to the students and like the, the early episodes and like with in the coming episodes. And yeah. It, it's just it's such a contrast, and I'm like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> naked, as we know. Naked, apparently. <laughs> yeah, naked, apparently. <laughs> Um, so teacher and Mohawk guy have a conversation um, about uh, a bullet that they have, but we don't know what the bullet does. It just know like we just know like, hey, I brought it. This is a big thing. You might have to use it. What? That's weird. Um, like on her. They don't mention who, but it's insinuated to be Mako, and we're like, huh? What? Mako, huh? <laughs> not Mako. Sorry, Ryuko. I'm thinking okay. Mako. I saw Mako. I, I, was, I got confused. I'm like, what? Wait, Mako. No, no, what no. she do? No, I'm Lend. I have a screen. She's on my screen. She okay? I see her. I think her. I, her. Um, let's be real. The real hero of this story is Mako. <laughs> um, and you know, there's also like Nanon joining the, uh, the, yeah. the 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 seats with them, which is kind of funny because. There's a moment where it's like, aren't you gonna tell her to like that? It's weird, like, like uh, Mako Adgamagor is like, aren't you gonna tell her to like 
uh, that it, it shapeful to be wearing a uh, a like a tracksuit, and he's like, "I want to do that to a lady." And Marco's like, "Oh, so girls get passes?" <laughs> like, like yes. they're just bouncing off each other, and that that's when she goes like, "I may be an underachiever, but I have a name, Mako Bakanshoku." And, yeah, um, and he really... like, you did you just admit that you're a underachiever? Uh, and it's like, got guts. Like he he's he, <laughs> at least in the English dub, like that he was like, okay, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, he really respects her, just kind of admitting like what she is, and she's proud of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to um, what's happening with uh, Nui now around, and just completely just jobs out uh uzu and kicks him off of the stage and now it's just her and ryuko and here she reveals to her hey guess what i got the other half of the scissor blade and i killed your dad what are you gonna do about that and this whole like just scene and like the way that they've built it up especially with um the way senketsu talks with ryuko and letting her know that like he's that he's getting a bad feeling just from being around her like as if she just knows that like something really bad is happening and they once again did the thing of um basically sucking out the color from the frame uh, mm-hmm. as as basically we get like that last shot of Ryuko just completely utterly pissed off and just everything like all the rage is taking over her and yeah. I love like the zoom in and the way that the animation looks as they're doing it because it's just this is a very huge moment. That, that, that's most of what happens in the episode, and, you know, uh, Nui supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Talk about this episode. Um, we will see you later. Hopefully, please tune in next time. We love you. Goodbye. Love. Hey.